When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's Friday. Thanks for joining in. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. It's Jeff Cameron Show. Director Matthew in the house as well. I forgot to tell you something last hour when we were going over these numbers. I'm going to mention something else that struck me as odd. Just a side headline. Florida State baseball tonight on the road against Miami. Florida State football tomorrow. A scrimmage. Major League Baseball underway yesterday. That was outstanding. Next week, the Masters. Yes, this we're on the eve of the Final Four. A lot going on, man. What, six games left in hockey? Five? Uh, Depending on the teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're they're about. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Have you seen any of the uh, the Valero? Yes. I caught up a little bit last night. The greens look slow, but they look immaculate. Mm-hmm. They look very much like Augusta's will. Just lush green without any flaws. I can't wait to uh, sit back and engage next week, man. That's going to be a fun, fun dynamic um, with uh, fine folks from Live making their way on in. And uh, the whoever gets, basically, whoever gets paired with Patrick Reed. <laughs> Who is universally despised. So we've got the pool. Uh, that that we play in, in which you need to take eight golfers for the season. Are you going to take any live players? And that would be Cam Smith. Are you going to take Cam Smith and put him in the rotation? Hey, so you you nailed the only guy that I would take is Cam Smith because he's uh, just a year removed from playing real golf. Stone cold in the majors. Well, had to play real competitive golf instead of nonsense team golf. And had to play seventy-two holes, not fifty-four holes, and had to you know had to do all these things just a year ago, and he was dominant. So yeah, he's a guy that perhaps I would. Uh, none of the other guys, no. It will be. It's going to be interesting. Uh, there, are, that course in particular, like you can talk about all the other majors, but that course in particular 
is is like a is like riding a bike, right? It's it's like a, a form fitting glove that you've always had, right? It's like there are guys that can play that course, whether they've played it in the last ten years or not, if they have a history on it, because it doesn't really require nearly as much length. So you, and it's uh, you like know, a you time traveling experience. It, it's amazing. We watch Freddie Couples do it every year. Bernard Longer do it every year. And at the one I was at, Bernard Longer was out there like fighting well into it. And I'm like, look at Bernard Longer. <laughs> My man is getting after it. Taking somebody's spot in the cut. You know, that's, yeah. I think it's the fourth hole he has to lay up on. He's got to hit his third shot. In yeah, it's hilarious to yards. watch. They Yeah, and he talked about it afterwards. He was like, yeah, it's a they play a different game here than I do now, but I can still play here. It's just the precision that's required when you don't have the length. You know, you have to hit to the exact right spot so that you can chip up. And, you know, you got a one putt on a couple of these holes that you can't make. You can't reach to have a birdie try. Yeah. I think it was the par three, the par three fourth. It's, you know, 230. He's like, yeah, I'm going to hit 180. <laughs> and I'm going to chip up. Like, oh, that's what you see at your Muni. But then he'll shoot 74. You're like, all right, Bernard. He's right you a, there. You got a plan. And you stick to that plan. Well, hell, Zach Johnson won the thing playing Bernard Langer golf. That's right. Just laying up on every par five, wedging his way up there and making the putt. You're like, okay, look at you. And some, you know, 13, you can't do that anymore. But for 15, that's really smart because two or three of those pin positions are tabletops. And you just see these guys hitting, you know, five iron in or three iron in. And it's, it bounces right near the hole. But here you go. Now you're on that back slope on 15. You got an impossible chip with the water long. You know how on, uh, well, we've seen it with certain sports, but ESPN and other networks in order to save money, won't send their guys. You can't do that at Augusta. You can't do that at certain other places. But they, they, they've done it in certain sports where they won't send. So the play-by-play man and the, and the color analysts are not at the stadium. And no matter how good the technology is, you can always pick up on it. Like, oh, they're not there. He's not there. You know, like when you watch a college football game and they don't send them. It's a night game out west or something. They're like, dude, you're in Bristol. You're yeah. sitting in Bristol watching this game. They, they try to make the backdrop look like it's, you know, but you can tell. And I hate it. I hate it because I think it affects the broadcast. I think it's terrible. Well, it does. And what they'll do real quick is they'll send a spotter to physically be there. But that doesn't require equipment beyond, you know, you've got right, a connection. Right. Yeah, they're just doing it to line. save money. But the spotter, it, it's not an instantaneous message being relayed down the down the line and it's not holding up a cue card that you could see which a spotter would do often and say look here it yeah. is i'll write it down on a whatever so that one to two second delay you can feel it in the broadcast when they sound like they don't know whether it's third and one or third and three it's also affects the natural flow and energy that comes from having witnessed something in person and what the stadium's reaction was so you know that's kevin harlan is so good because in the moment my man is a fan who's just really knowledgeable and very adept at concisely telling you and also in a manner that is excitable what just happened. Who was it that beat Virginia? Was it Furman in the first round of the NCAA tournament? Yes. Okay. Did you see the video? Oh, it's awesome. Because he does an arm he bar grabs over the arm. Stan Van Gundy yeah, and well, Van the Gundy's third man on the team. In shock looking around. <laughs> but he's, yeah, Van Gundy's he's like, amazing. What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like that UFC animation that you see you know, oh yeah oh, the stunned look. yeah but it's like the arm bar that harlan it's my call i got it i got it you sit tight he kills it though he it's does. such a good call there because yep. they can't believe the kid throws the ball away he's like a sixth year senior he just chucks it to the rafters like what are you doing and then he gives the old it's a turnover to the pass 
four three. Yeah, you're like it, it, it all happened so quickly. All right, why do I bring this up? Well, this is why I bring it up. I read this this morning, and I just thought to myself, man, you know how often I get on Bob Nutting about the Pirates and the cheapskate that he is, right? Well, here's the deal. Like, his chintziness is not forgivable. You're going to get questioned if he dies by questionable means. Fine, come question me. They're gonna, his family will be appalled when they show the video Look, we've ruled him out. He is, I hate to tell you, we'll show you the video, very excited about your father's death. But um, <laughs> but he didn't do it. He's in Tallahassee and he's not crazy. Here, listen to this. Angels, this is this is nuts. Angels only owner, Artie Marino. Okay. You remember when Artie took over, he was willing to spin, spin, spin to make a splash. Yeah. And Artie brought in, obviously, Albert Pujols, and they overpaid him, and he knew, hey, look, on the back end of this deal, we're going to get screwed, but it's going to be good for us for the next four years and all of that. And I kind of agreed with him at the time, even though we thought yeah. Albert might be 57 years old. Chasing records is right. actually lucrative <laughs> yeah. for a franchise. Right, right, all of that. 57 years old or otherwise. Yeah. So, so anyhow, Artie Marino, his net worth is $4.1 billion. About one-third of Steve Cohen. That's correct. His net worth is $4.1 billion. Billion. He chose before this season, in order to save money, in order to save money, worth $4.1 billion, not to send the broadcast team on the road this year. So all the Angels road games will not feature a broadcast team that's there in attendance. So... I started looking and I wanted to see there there is this has been documented. It will save him roughly two hundred thousand dollars for the entirety oh of the season. My God. So my man worth net worth four point one billion dollars won't send the broadcast team on the road just so he can save two hundred thousand dollars. Which is uh three pitches of one inning from Shohei Otani this year. It costs him his dignity and the loyalty of a fan base, but hey. Good on you, saving $200,000. Meanwhile, my guy in New York, old Steve Cohen, who I was shortchanging, literally, $17.4 billion mm. is what this guy's worth. He's sitting with the super fan group, the Seven Line Army, yesterday, out in uh, right center of the Marlins game. He went on the road with him, and he's on video saying, this is great. It's way better than when I, where I sit. I'm going to sit with you guys more often. Oh, well, there it is. How does somebody not, I always wonder this, like Artie, I, I don't know Artie Marino, but I mean, you would think somebody has his ear, is able to talk to him about things, right? He hires people to do it. How would you not say to him in that moment, you, you can't do that. We're, we're going to have to save money other ways. This is, this is not a good, this is, it, first of all, it's bad for the product. You know, like we sell this broadcast, we make money off this broadcast. You know, this is, you, you can't do that. And then. You're going to, you know, if you just want to scream to the masses that you care very little about this franchise and only about money, then you're going to do so here, resoundingly so. And my man, we can do it other ways. We can raise ticket price. We can do other things. You can't do this. Already just take four fewer flights a year on a private jet to go get breakfast in that place you really love in the heartland of the country. And we're covered. We'll get it delivered. 200 grand. He's worth 4.1 billion. Doesn't want to send him. Won't send him. Are they going to do the, uh, you know, this it reminds you of the uh, minor league teams. Bull Durham. Kink. 
You know, he holds the stick up. And there's the drive. Yeah. <laughs> he just, but it's ridiculous. By the way, I would have loved to have done that. I mean, that's perfect for a storyteller. Like, if you could have been an old minor league play-by-play guy, and you're sitting there, crack. How real can you make the sounds? How good would you get at it? You can make up. I mean, obviously, you don't know, so you can say anything. And now it's juggled. <laughs> I just want to, you know, have a, a few seconds of silence to be able to shout, Base hit! Yeah. You know? That's just always seemed like the most fun thing to call across sports. It's not a goal. It's not a touchdown. It's just the wonder that you hear in any number of TV or radio guys' voices when they say base hit when you've got runners on second and third and the winning runs at second base. It's just, I love the sound of that. The, um, the idea, the simplest uh, and the most fundamental idea of play-by-play involves following the ball, right? So... What I think is amazing and what's fun to listen to, and it doesn't matter if it's a broadcast of uh, La Liga or whatever it is, right? Any sport, right, where, the, where there's a ball involved. The person that has mastered the ability to capture the intensity or the uh, violence or the thrill or whatever it is in that moment that you're seeing transpire, right? You've got to relay that to the listener who's just driving down the road, can't watch it, right? And yet does it. While weaving, so he's weaving, he or she is weaving these descriptors, hopefully ones that make sense, obviously, that you have to have a, a lexicon and, and, and be able to instantly recall it as you watch it, but to do so as you're also noting where the ball is, so it's interwoven, is incredible. You can even allow for space, you can even allow for silence in between all of that, but you're right, I think baseball probably, more than most. Like, basketball doesn't lend itself to it. No, because you don't have time when the ball is in Mm -hmm. the air to say, and it's up in the air. No, right, right, yeah. With baseball, the ball is hit in play, and you don't know. Somebody can prevent it from doing what it needs to do if you need a two-run rally in the ninth inning. And then also the traveling of the home run. Oh, yeah. The wonder of it. There's time. Back in the gap, way back, looking up. Oh, my God, he did it. Like, they don't say that, but that's what their voices tell you is, oh, my God, yeah, he just did that. Walk-offs like that. Um, and if you know it off the bat, now that can get risky, but if you know it off the bat, you don't have to follow the ball. Yeah, well, John Sterling has whiffed on a few of those well, the last. John Sterling sucks. So, you know, it's not surprising. But... Did you see the, the Renfro catch last night? In it's, the it's, game? it's the most incredible thing ever. And I've watched it several times, and I still don't know how the ball got into his glove. So speaking of great calls, I might try and download it and play it for later. It's Wayne Randazzo who's on the call. I know that name because he used to call stuff for my ball club on the radio. It's awesome. He's like, what in the world? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Is. For those that don't know, the catch that Renfro makes, he misplays the ball. It's a line drive. First of all, it's a tough play. It's a line drive. And he turns and guns it to the wall. He knows that it's probably going over his head. But he's also on the wrong path. He's not aligned where he can make the play. And the last second he looks and realizes it, his back is to the baseball, and he just sticks his glove out, left-hand glove, out like that. It's a no, it's a no-look catch. It's a no-look catch. It's a stab in the dark. It's, a, it's truly a stab in the dark. It's one of the better catches you'll see, and it is – Seemingly quite by accident, but you got to give the man credit. It is unreal. And Otani's reaction is fantastic. Oh, yeah. He kept. What? What? I mean, that ball is a double. That is going to be a double. You got to be kidding me. 
But, yeah, you watch that catch. And this is the thing. I mean, you get that in baseball. You get something every day where you go, oh, my God, I've never seen that. That's Kirchin brings it up all the time. But he's right. Every time you watch a bunch of baseball games, you're like, I've never seen that. That is nuts. That just happened. Yeah, go look it up. Hunter Renfro's catch in the Anaheim game last night is silliness. And not a catch. I've seen catches where you're just, like, gobsmacked. But this is on a whole other level. He just yeah, throws his hand out. It's unique. It's unique. There's, really unique. There's, you've never seen anything like this before. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply what's up guys our next partner that you're going to hear from is athletic greens you've heard me talk about athletic greens in the past happy to talk about them again i take athletic greens every day And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, It had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens, and uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon neutral business, by the way. If that's important to you, it is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. The Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. By the way, I want to ask you about that quote from Darius Jones, who, uh, Darius Jones, what did I call him? Keandre. I called him Kendavious. You're calling him the defensive back. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm mixing up all the 
all the players that are new to the roster. Silly me. The offensive lineman from Auburn. <laughs> when Darius had a PBU on Johnny yesterday, one of the few. I like when Darius. It is an impressive body type for that position. Um, I was just thinking about, the, the again, the size uh, of the offensive line that we have and how exciting that is. And I thought about how last night when I was flipping around uh, to the NBA and I saw Zion looking like an offensive lineman. His fat ass wasn't going to play, and he was gigantic. I, it was, I would be pissed if I were the Pelicans. I'm like, really? You're hurt all the time, and now you're just stuffing your fat face? Get it together. So anyhow, back to our offensive line. <laughs> really quickly on Zion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know how Levitar does the looks-like thing with the March Madness bracket? This It's related to Zion, and it makes me laugh very hard every time. It's Booger McFarlane looks like. Zion Williamson, who has come back from the future to warn his former self about tax evasion. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look at the two guys, it is really spot on. Whoever came up with that, it's That's I mean, really well done. Epic. <laughs> uh, well, Mr. Jones is supposed to be big. He's an offensive lineman. And uh, he's not Quindarius Jones. He's a freshman defensive back. Uh, but that I continue to mix. I actually like combined Bendravius Jacobs. And and uh, I, Quindarius yeah. Jones. I do that with the first names for uh, Vandravius and, and Quindarius. I'm going to start throwing in Darion Williamson. It's because I like them both, though. <laughs> yeah. Those two freshmen are. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be big names for us. So you asked him about the difference between uh, practicing here against this defensive line and doing the same at Auburn. And the quality, I think, was inferred there, the quality of the players that you're going up against on a regular basis and what that tells you. Uh, what kind of answers you derive from that for him. And uh, he noted that the, there was no difference at all, that the the level of player, anyhow, in terms of talent and size is the same. Yeah, and he did so in a way that I buy it because it was instant. It was instant. Yeah, he didn't, yeah. He knew what was being asked, and it was instant reaction. Oh, no, this is this is every bit of what I'm used to seeing. And he would expound on a little bit more and say that a lot of people make a big fuss of the SEC versus other conferences. It might be the case at other ACC institutions, but not here. Right. That was my favorite part, was that he at least acknowledges that at other ACC institutions, that's likely true. I mean, he doesn't say that, but it is. It, it, it's a lot different at other places. We're trying to get to that place where that is not true, and we think that me, perhaps we've reached that place. Maybe we, we've reached that place. Uh, Keandre Jones is uh, – I got it right that time, didn't I? Keandre Jones is 6'3", 320, 330, whatever he is. He's huge. Yeah, he is, and he's cerebral. Even from his newcomer interview, which happened back in January, mm -hmm. you could just recall that when he made the choice to come here, he researched it to the hilt. He knew exactly what he was going to get himself into. He even said as much yesterday in some of the other answers. As far as player interviews go, I don't do a ton of the breakout interviews because usually we have like nine staff members yeah, to break yeah. out and do them. This one was one of my favorite in a long time. He, he is a thoughtful young man. You can tell that. When his playing days are over, if he wants to be a motivator and a coach, he's got whatever it is in order to be able to pull that off. Mm -hmm. But then also, he he understands the nature of the question in a way that LaMarcus Joyner used to. He's like, I know where you're going, yeah, and I, here's yeah. what the answer is. I asked him also about Jordan Travis and what's it like blocking for a player like that. And he said he loved, in his Auburn time, playing in front of Bo Nix because Bo could do things to make a play even better. But he remarked on how Jordan Travis, even in the run checks that he makes and the checks at the line, they just make so much sense. He's a really, really smart player. 
And again, that's just cool to get that perspective from a kid who's played at a different Power 5 institution, one in the SEC. Yeah, and Auburn wasn't good, but it wasn't like they were devoid of some talent. And, of course, in that league, you see it every week. So I, I think that's an encouraging answer. We've speculated that Florida State's size and depth of size and talent is nearly there with the upper crust of the SEC. And that's what you have to get to if you're going to compete for a national champion uh, championship. Obviously, Georgia just won the national championship for the second time in a row. And uh, there were many moments where we looked out on that field and we thought the difference wasn't just that they had an elite-level skill player at wide receiver or tight end or running back. It was mainly that the wave of defenders and offensive linemen that they can run out there that exceed the norm or even a, a real high level uh, uh, at other institutions is really awe-inspiring. It's one six five three thirty guy after the next who can move. And he spoke to that at the end, too. Ira asked a similar question to follow up on it before the six and a half minutes were up with DeAndre, and, and he spoke specifically to that point, that it's about the waves, the waves of competition oh, it's on the unbelievable. other side. And, and we do possess that now. And we do so, you know, with Braden Fisk still coming back to be 100%. Uh, Io Tafasi is now more and more active in practice, which is good to see. He even talked about, Keandre did, how Daniel Lyons is going to be a real player. He's, he, he still makes some mistakes that a younger player will, but his instincts and his abilities are, are going to be, you know, next level when he matures into his, his college days. It's so cool to watch when you talk to the defensive linemen. We did that last week with Farmer and have them do the same thing, assess these linemen, and they keep going. They keep going because, you know, some of the guys we don't mention that are redshirt freshmen. You know, Julian Armella is a redshirt freshman. We mentioned him, but he's a redshirt freshman. It's silly. You know, they may get Dimitri Emanuel back. He's a redshirt senior, so you have these extremes, right? But Casey Roddick is a redshirt senior, but next to Kenyatta Charlton, who's a redshirt freshman. Uh, you can keep going with guys like Early, who we don't talk all that much about, but he's 6'5", 30 or whatever he is. He's a monster, and he's young. He's a redshirt freshman. These are guys that were in the fold who have to you – know, Darius Washington is a redshirt junior. You have a nice mix. You mentioned uh, Keandre Jones is a junior. Uh, Estes is a sophomore, redshirt sophomore. Like, we go on and on and on. These are all 6'3-plus guys, 3'15-plus guys across the board. And you just make casual. Dachi Richardson, 6'5", just pulled him up. I wanted to see how tall he was. 6'5", 320. The freshman, Lucas Simmons, was he 6'8"? Yeah, 6'8". And it looks like the learning curve is being applied. It's not that Lucas Simmons is locked down just yet, but from where he was two weeks ago to now, mm -hmm. all right, this, yeah. is, this is getting exciting. George is very excited. I just, it is very exciting. It is really, really, really exciting because when those players after the practice talk about, yeah, well, you you know, you can't take a breath because after that you got this guy, and I know he's a registered freshman, but he's really good, and he's taking a huge step forward. But then when the new guys who were at other locations like Auburn are are talking about the, the competition and the size and the strength and the depth of that strength being the same as it was at Auburn, that's a really, I mean, at least at the line of scrimmage, that's, that's what I've been, wanting us to get to because it makes everything else possible to skill position. Yeah, what I was hoping he would go into a little bit more because I was asking also the competition week in, week out in the SEC. He didn't really go there per se, but, I mean, it's it's the SEC West. It's not like asking the same question of Casey Roddick, who is playing in the pack. 
yes, Power Five, but not all Power Five is the same, and we all know that. Right. And again, it's just it's the no hesitation in Keandre's answer that was that's what I was looking for. Whether it was the yes or no, I don't care. Just yeah, give me a straight it answer. It would let you know, yeah. I didn't mention Jeremiah Byers, who's uh, six foot five, three hundred thirty pounds, and can run. Yes, he can. Looks to be solid as a rock for us. Bless Harris. What you know about him? Oh man. Yeah, Bless is uh, back from that injury, and he looks healthy again and excited. And he's six five, three thirty. So you know, he, he'll never bulldoze you, but he's just technically very, very sound, which is all you really need. He's um. You know, he's forgotten about because of the unfortunate nature of the injury in game one against a nothing opponent. Duquesne. And, you know, I, I was was going to start for us. I, I think the most revealing thing about last year was that a turn in time could come in and play at a, at a high level or, or a, a, well, a level good enough for us and, to still win games. But that's the thing, yeah. good enough. Good enough for yeah. this offensive coordinator, this offensive coaching staff in order to be able to work with. And they've worked with a lot less than what they have this spring. A lot, lot less. And if these if these players individually, like if you talk about an Estes or a Washington, Maurice Smith, some of the other guys, Keandre Jones is not a finished product by no, any stretch no. of the imagination, and some of the younger players as well. Like perhaps by themselves, you're not wowed and say this is a dominant offensive lineman. But you've got to understand that the collection of all these players together is so much more than Alex Atkins has had to work with the last few years. They just, the baseline of what we have is infinitely higher than two seasons ago, and I think it's significantly higher than what we had last year. I, I think it is, too. I think that's really probably the overriding point, is it's they were pretty good last year on the offensive line, and they are a lot better this year on the offensive line. That That's the that's the tale to tell. And whether or not they were pretty good or if it was scheme, it doesn't matter. The effectiveness yeah. level was pretty good. And yeah. now I think independent of being good at scheming things up, yeah. they might just be all right. Exciting. Yeah, I think they're. I, oh, from I think from the clay, uh, the, the 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 what you're molding is real. They've got talent there. Last year, Florida State blew out. I think it was seven opponents, six opponents, seven opponents. You got two big time games in your first four: Clemson and LSU. LSU and Clemson. I don't know. Do you think like there's a chance you exceed the seven blots? Like, you could blow out eight teams. I mean, I don't know what Miami will be. They blew their ass out down there, but that game's here this year. Florida's on the road, and we struggled with Florida, but if you look at Florida's quarterback situation, whew. Even their trench situation. It's, it's just not good. They are depleted compared they, to where they were. They have some problems. And Anthony Richardson might go top 10 in the NFL draft after this is all said and done. The interesting part about Anthony Richardson was we said before all of this that once he got to the combine, people wouldn't be able to help themselves. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't matter what the film told you about a 6-6 six and six record and about an up-and-down, uneven career, very short one at that. It's that nobody's built like that. People aren't supposed to look that way and play that position, and he does. And I'm talking about look as in size, strength, speed, athleticism, all of it. Yeah, everything about his profile, and I remember doing the piece for the website, before the Florida game and just breaking down Anthony Richardson's quote-unquote film but the highlights of the year. And he has every throw in him. He yes, has he already does. proven that yes, he does. every throw you want out of an elite quarterback at the NFL level, he's got it. Now, the consistency part, no. But if you're looking for capability in spades, and the other thing is a lot of these quarterbacks that you're considering 
after maybe the top two in the draft are 24, 25 years old. Like Hennon Hooker, I think is turning 26 in, in his 25, season. I think it is. Well, in, in, in the season, season yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 21. That's the other, you've got, you know, a yeah. handful so more you, years to develop if you want to. You, yeah, he has to go to a place where they're not going to ask him to play. Like, you know, he needs a couple of years. The Jordan Love treatment would be nice. Right. Play if you're ready, but no need. No need. You could just sit on right here. That's why I look at the top ten. I see Seattle there. Could run with Geno Smith for another year or two. That was a great story. And ease him on in. That's a nice situation. Well, it's, for it's, it's brought up. It's brought up. It's so hard with a first-round pick at that position to imagine. I mean, it, this happened all the time back in the day. But it is weird for, to sit here and be like, well, you know, we're going to take a quarterback with the number eight pick overall, seventh pick overall, and he's not going to play for three years. That is really strange. But if you think somebody's that kind of a talent, then you know, maybe you do. It's Josh Allen. You know, I think that's what this yeah, is. Yeah, physically, yeah. Everybody's looking for the next Josh Allen. That dude was nowhere near a slam dunk when he was taken. He was a running first quarterback, and then he became this other thing. And if you're looking for somebody who fits that mold, he, the, he's a good example. Much like that. He, he, the other reason he's a good example, Tom, is that not just that they're both whatever six four, six five, two hundred and fifty pounds, and like they're freak athletes. Not just because they both are that, but because they were both inaccurate. And that that's the other thing. It's like Josh had throws that you'd never seen before. People were like, "Oh my God, who who throws the ball like that?" Well, this guy does. Problem is, he may throw it off the map. Uh, at times, too. He he did not even complete it. One of those years that he had the big numbers, he didn't even complete 60% of his passes in that league, in that conference. So people thought, well, we've got some accuracy issues here. And it was true when he first got into the league, and then until it wasn't, until he was phenomenal. And all of a sudden, he's in the conversation as one of the three best quarterbacks in the league. So that, that's why you're a GM. You're like, well, can I, can I afford to ignore this? I already know that he can make the elite throw. I've just got to bridge it to be more consistent and more accurate. But, like, if he had never shown that he could make the elite throws, then he's just an athlete, and that's why he wouldn't be drafted right. so high. But, but you've seen the glimpse. And it's all over the place. And they still couldn't beat us with that. It's unfortunate, Florida. Billy. Oh, we tried to let him, man. He had a good day. He did. Guys running wide the hell open. Jordan was better that night. Had to be. He had to be, and he was. Had and, to be. And Billy lost more games than he won with that talent. Well... I do want to take shots, but I mean, we, we just got done saying he was wildly inconsistent and inaccurate. So, I mean, that's not surprising. Still college. But he lit our ass up. You can win seven games at Florida with that quarterback, I would hope. You would hope. That's why you can't lose the Vanderbilt game. It's terribly unfortunate. Can't lose the Vanderbilt game. It was an excellent field goal, though, in the bowl game. That was a good job, Billy. <laughs> Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se, and I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, 
Your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning, and I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it. And I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Little, 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 little Koopa. What now? Little Koopa asks uh, any word on Kanaya Charlton. Oh, in the chat. I was, I was like, what are you referencing? Little Koopa. Practicing <laughs> yeah. in the rotation. Probably not going to crack a, a job this year, but you never know. Looks to be in better shape than last fall. That's the only thing I was going to say is that I think he's in better shape, which was necessary. He had to get some of the unwanted weight off of him. Uh, he moves well for a guy that size. That's a, a familiar refrain on this show is we frequently talk about dudes that are almost have no right to be you know that fast at their size. I saw earlier in the chat Ryan mentioned that when he was playing way back in the day, which is back when I played, you would occasionally run across a 300-pounder that could move a little bit, and now they're everywhere. And that is true. It's true. Um, we, we, had a guy, we had a guy that was a guard that played, uh, I mean, a, a left guard, a kid named Cozy. I loved his name, Cozy. And Cozy was a monster, strong, and was one of the few 300-pounders that we had that could move. You could pull him, and he could get out and destroy people. And it was fun watching a guy like that move. And I could not have known way back then that someday I'd be covering a team that has 12 cozy pluses that can all get out and run and move. And, and all the good teams do. All the good teams do. And obviously the NFL is littered with guys uh, bigger than that that can move. It's, it's crazy. But even in an era with guys like that everywhere, they weren't here. They weren't here. Oh, <laughs> ever. <laughs> well, like, ever. It felt like ever, but yeah, we had some. If they teams. were, they weren't athletic enough. They were that weight, but it wasn't good weight. It wasn't a good 320. Yeah, it, it's, it's, been a, it's been a minute. 
but now they're now we uh, it's it's littering the field. It's um really really impressive, and um, I don't know, you know, I, I because of that, I I spend precious little time worrying about the offense. I just that's the main reason. Interesting question from Tony Greco, who basically says, I know that Dimitri Emanuel still has an appeal, and the NCAA needs to rule on eligibility, but do we actually need him? I think yes, personally. Need and need or want are uh, two different both. things. I don't think we need him. I think that kind of depth, I don't know that we have with the experience that, that Dimitri Emanuel brings to the table. He was working out today at Pro Day in case, in case of emergency, essentially, that mm -hmm. the NCAA will not grant him another year of eligibility. And hopefully they, you know, their fax machines start printing out pieces of paper so they can address the matter. But that type of experience to go along with his skill set, he's not a bad player. He's a good player. I think he's a good player. I think he has limitations. But he's a guard, and he did a good job for us. But I don't think we need him. If we get him, it's just a, a luxury. Um, I, don't, I don't think we have to have him. We've got a lot of guys that I think will play to that level. I know what you're saying. I think we're saying the same thing in a weird way. He is a redshirt senior. He's played a ton of football. And you can start him, and you know you can trust him. But I have a suspicion one of the guys that didn't start a year ago that will be inserted into that spot will be a player that is as good, if not better. We've got more depth, but not depth like this. And that, that would be my point, is if you lose a player or two, which is going to happen at a certain point in the season, I mean, it could be that Dimitri starts and he's the one that goes down. I, I would just, yeah, with the experience factor yeah. for that first month of the season, I'd feel a lot more comfortable with the rotation if, if Dimitri is a part of it. Yeah. Um uh, but that is the beauty and the luxury of having 12 guys fighting for five spots is, my goodness gracious, if the NCAA rules against them, you're going to be all right. You know, you're going you're gonna to be all right. Uh, it's not as if, I guess my point would be, it's not as if, if if you don't play Dimitri Emanuel, then you have to start somebody who's not ready. Like, you have to start Jalen early. You know, you, you don't. You know, you even if you say, okay, if he doesn't make it, or they don't allow him to play. Let's you have to start Bryson Estes. Okay. Okay. But if you could give or me Darius a choice Washington. between or Darius Washington. If you give me a choice between Estes, Darius, and Meach. You, you like you like Dimitri more than you like Darius? Yes. yes. You like Absolutely. him you like him more than you like, let's say Keandre Jones? No, but Keandre will be one of the starting five, I feel. Mm -hmm. And that could be at many positions because that's what he is. He's a guard, though. Oh, sorry, Keandre. See, now I'm doing it. Now I'm doing it. I'm thinking yeah. you're talking about Byers. No, Keandre Jones is a guard. I like I like Meech more than Keandre. Where I do you like Julian Armella? Right tackle? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Casey I just, Roddick, you like him at center? They're trying. They're trying. He, I, he's going to be an interior lineman, and I like it. He's, he's a part of the three. So if you look at the interior as a group of three, who are your top three? Roddick absolutely is one of those three. I think Meech would be one of those top three as well, personally. The thing is, because you like Jeremiah Byers, so I think he might be on the outside. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I'm just I can. We're naming five. You feel good yeah. about? You're just talking about depth pieces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think if LSU Clemson was in November, I wouldn't have this big of a concern. But since it's out the gate, I want to have experience, the most experience we possibly can have out the gate, so that there are fewer risks involved you know what you're working with and knowing what you're working with in week one is a huge advantage yeah i i, I uh, the, there's no doubt if you can 
if you can have a player that has started as many games as he has in college football and is that size and has worked with Alex and they can trust him and he provides that kind of talented depth, yes, you want it. You'd prefer it all day long. I just like that we're at a place that you can lose that much experience and that talent. And really, I'm not going to fret all that much because I think there are a handful of guys that you could play and feel pretty much just as good about. Or maybe whose upside's better. I think that's the hair we're splitting is you'd say, okay, that's not ideal, but okay. If it came down against me, I would say, damn it, man. That's I I would go all the way that far. <laughs> damn it, man. Yeah. I would like 71 to be a part of this. Um, all right. I, I just, I, this is going to be a tough, I, we've made it all the way to April. Tomorrow is April. And I, as much as you know, I am an eternal optimist regarding how I kind of skip through weeks and months in my mind to picture football, but baseball's going to satiate us. We're going to be all right. Major League Baseball. Ma- you know, yeah, well, hey, get ready to watch a series win this weekend. <laughs> we already that's ca- possible. We, Absolutely. We already talked about how we would do it, didn't we? Yeah. You got to win tonight. Whatever it takes tonight, and then try and swat your way on Sunday to a ten. Shaboopy your way, isn't that what you said? That's right. A, that's, that's right. Yeah. Shaboopy here. Shaboopy your way to a a win. Uh, Shaboopy over the Alex Rodriguez sign. There you go. If you've got a youngster at uh, your house and uh, he or she plays baseball, uh, consider going over to uh, my friends at Power Mill Training Academy. There you guys know Power Mill on Capital Circle. Uh, Bryce used to go and hit there. They've had, I mean, they've got, if you look at the amount of people that uh, are alumni that have gone on to play big-time college baseball and pro baseball. When's Bryce going back? To baseball? Yeah. I don't know. I beg him all the time. I do. I wish he would. He's a good player. He just he likes basketball more, plays basketball incessantly. And uh, I wish the rule changes in baseball had occurred sooner. Cause son, look how fast look this at game the pace is. of the game. Here. Yeah, that's been the problem for them. But um, they do camps at Power Mill. They do softball. They do baseball. Um, and again, like I said, they they've got a ton of experience and expertise. And they really here's the thing. I I've, I've heard from a couple parents that they get like their kids could be intimidated because there have been so many good players that come back or that have gone on to play elite travel ball and do all this stuff. Yeah, but they're just going to maximize and give your player the tools they need to maximize their abilities to have fun playing baseball. Some of those kids will go on to be elite college or pro baseball players. Some will just be good little league players. That's fine, too. They have a coach, and they have a way of teaching and passing on those tools um, for every level of expertise. So that's a, it's a big deal. And they are sponsoring, of course, Probables, good sir. So let's do it. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, Probables? Mets Marlins doing it again. You're lucky because my Pirates have the day off like many other teams do. I don't like when they do this, but they do it every year. They do. The Mets have a random Friday off next week. But I I would trade that all the time. Give me back-to-back days after the momentum. Why would you kill the momentum? You're going to go watch it tonight at 640. Yeah. On Bally Sports Florida. Yay. It's Mets Marlins, David Peterson, Jesus Lazardo. Advantage Fish. White Sox Astros, Lance Lynn still pitching. I got it. Christian Javier goes for the Astros. Rockies Padres, Kyle Freeland, Nick Martinez, and D 
D-backs, Dodgers. Always sounds like we're calling them a bad name. All these years later still, D-backs will throw Mer- Merrill Kelly and the Dodgers will throw Dustin May. I think the first time I ever saw Dustin May throw a pitch, like, good God, they got another guy. He's ridiculous. Guardians-Mariners turned out to be a great game last right. night. Hunter Gaddis and Robbie Ray! Hey! There we go. There we first go. First one of the year. Now, because we have not had the great opportunity to celebrate the return of Probables, and we have time to kill. I'm going to give you Saturday's starters, too. All oh, right. What are Wait we doing around Wait here? What are we doing here? It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, Probables? Saturday starters coming right up, everybody. White Sox Strohs. Lucas Giolito. Jose, you're quitting. Blue Jays cards. Let's go Blue Jays. Kevin Gosman, Jack Flaherty. Only Flaherty. Brewers, Cubs, Brandon Woodruff, Justin Steele, Phils, Rangers, Zach Wheeler, Nathan Avaldi, Braves, Nats, Spencer Strider. Are you going to be on the Spencer Strider or are you going to run today? Josiah Gray. Giants, Yankees, Alex Cobb, Clark Schmidt. What? Schmidt. Clark Schmidt. Clark Schmidt. That is from 1952. Schmitty on the hill today. Angels, A's, Patrick Sandoval, Sinatra Fujinami. Yes, I nailed it. That's a new one. It is a new one. I nailed it. Orioles, Red Sox, Dean Creamer. Hey, now, Chris Sale. Pirates, Reds, Rich Hill. That's right. Rich Hill pitches for the Pirates, everybody. He's 57 years old. Nick Lodolo. Tigers, Rays, Spencer Turnbull, Zach Eflin. Twins, Royals, Sonny Gray, Jordan Lyles, Mets, Marlins, Tyler McGill. Yeah, Tyler. Tyler McGill. Should have been Verlander. Edward Cabrera. Rockies, Padres, Jose Urena, Michael Waka. D-backs, Dodgers, Madison Bumgarner is still pitching in the league, folks, and he's going against Clayton Kershaw. Because he has for the last 50 years. It's amazing. Both throw from the left side, both tall, both very talented, both accomplished. One has been pitching forever, the other just short of forever. Right. One kind of surfs, the other bails hay. <laughs> That's the only difference. The other cuts the neck off a snake anytime he sees it. Yep. Guaranteed. Madison Bumgarner is cutting snakes. With the edge of his hand. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Guardians Mariners. That'll be Aaron Savali and Logan Gilbert. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. going to isolate that video clip for any anytime good stuff happens us just dancing to this music which is not copyright restricted perfect we can do it Zyler, you should check it out you can watch mlb again it's good good work out of you tom good work out of you matthew be well everybody thanks for joining us today good old talk to you on monday peace